Hey ladies and gents and welcome to episode 21 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by the Tennessee Titan, Jordan Jarvis. Oh, good eye, mate. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, the, the Great Lakes Bandit. Uh, I got nothing. The Dom. <laughs> Hello, Ooh. governor. I didn't think of anything. It's your boy, Jiggy. The Michigan man. Oh, man, that's alright. Um... So, getting into what we've been playing, uh, it was actually a pretty slow week for me. I didn't really play anything new. Played some Overwatch, played some Smite. Whoa, 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 whoa. Huh. We're in a new dimension, Jared. I think we should say Oh, yeah. We're first uh, first ever video podcast. If you're seeing this, this is the beta. Might not work. We might have to work on some ah! stuff. But <laughs> if it all works well, you'll be seeing the video portion on YouTube. So, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you catch the, the podcast, um, yeah, check it out on YouTube or video podcast now. Well... This is pre-alpha game footage, so don't, <laughs> don't be, be judging us. us. There may be a jetpack or two. You don't know. Um, so Unless we're just ugly, then there's really nothing we can do. You might as well judge. Yeah. Um, getting into what we've been playing, like I said, it's been a slow week for me. I haven't played anything uh, crazy. Played Overwatch and Smite as usual. Um, a couple of games of gold that came free this week uh, were Tumblestone, which was like an indie game that released and Tron Evolution. I never watched the movie, never played the, the game when it came out on 360, um, so I don't have any impressions of that, but I did play Tumblestone, and wooey is that a hot pile of garbage. It is... Tumblestone. It is not great. Um, it's huh. mindless entertainment, and I don't even think it's entertainment. It's a puzzle game. It's Ouch. a puzzle game that, like, is reverse Tetris, if that makes sense, of, like, or, I guess, Bejeweled, or, like, Candy Crush would even be a better comparison. Like, there's blocks on the screen, and you have to do certain patterns to get things off of the screen. Um, the character animations are not great. The map is like a Mario World map, but it's not well done either. Um, Damn. It is, it's, not a, it's not a very good game. Um, is it an overflowing dumpster outside is, on a hot New Mexico summer day? Y- no, it is, it is definitely playable. It's salvageable, but it's not anything crazy. Like it's, It is what it is. Um, it's 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 a game that you play when you don't feel like playing anything else. Like I was playing it, listening to a podcast. Like I like playing games that I don't have to pay attention to too much. Um, so, yeah, it's all right. It's not great by any means. Uh, I've also been watching. I like, sorry, I've also been watching. I like the name. At yeah, least. It's, it's Tumblestone's a cool name. It just was not very good. Um, watch Man. Stranger Things. I'm two episodes from finishing it. Great show. Uh, came out today of yes. recording that the creators said they were heavily inspired by Silent Hills, the uh, video game. So that's pretty cool. Um, you definitely see that in the monster design of the show. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's pretty much pretty much it for me. What about you guys? Just a lot more Skyward Sword and Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Nothing really exciting. But unlike uh, the weakling that Jared is, I sat through oh, the entirety oh, oh, of Stranger oh. Things. Literally Ouch. in one sitting, I got up one time to go to Walgreens and get Twizzlers and came right back and finished it. All eight hey, I've said before, I don't like binge watching things. It's not my thing. I'm not that type of person. I wasn't built like that. I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm agree. Just, I'm just pulling your leg, but I did. Yeah, I, that, I usually don't do that. That is that insane was, it was to me. My Sunday, me and Emily just plopped down and thought, well, let's try it. Oh, this. she watched it? Just, That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. She was real into it. That's awesome. We, we're definitely going to do a review discussion when we all finish it. Dom's done. I'm two episodes away, and Jordan's halfway through, right? Halfway yeah. through, yeah. So yep. how far are you in Syndicate? Are you pretty far? Not, Not very. No. You've just been dabbling with that in Skyward Sword? Yeah, I, it's, I've mostly been playing Skyward Sword. I mean, I, in Syndicate, I just got the grappling hook or whatever they call it. 
Okay. Okay. From your boy Alexander Graham Bell. Uh, you. Cool, cool little side note before we get into what Jordan's been playing. I was reading a list of the top 12 games on Xbox One, and Jordan, you'll be happy to see that Assassin's Creed Syndicate was on that list. Hell yeah, it was also, you know, in the top 10 when it came out on uh, PS4, so. Yeah, that's awesome, so. People still um, love Assassin's Creed, no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing, Jordan? So, um, unlike the weakling Dom, who succumbs to peer <laughs> pressure and binge-watches everything, like such a mainstream fish <laughs> that he is, <laughs> since we're throwing shade. Um, Wait, it's, it's this. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I like to take it slow and easy on these uh, television and film shows. And uh, with Stranger Things, I am halfway through. I really love it. I think I was telling you guys beforehand that it's totally up there in the upper echelon of Netflix shows like uh, House of Cards and Daredevil, which kind of think Orange is the New Black has fallen out of in the last couple of years, unfortunately. But, uh, oh, yeah. The, this past season of Orange is the New Black was the best by far. Okay. I've been teetering on that, dude. I can't figure out if I want to go back for... I didn't watch season three either, so I'll have to I, go back to that. Yeah, th- two and three are not good. I'm not really that into it, but season four, like... Holy I only shit. watched like, even I only watched season one and I liked it. I haven't I haven't gone back to watch yeah. two or three, but yeah, yeah. Um, so really enjoying Stranger Things. Um, didn't play much games this week at all. Like I went several days without playing, but I did uh, finish Walking Dead season two, which was way better than the first season in my opinion. Uh, there's plenty of stupid characters, but for the most part, I think they're way more interesting and the story's better and the Decisions are better, and Clem's an awesome protagonist. Can't wait for season three, so All right. uh, finish All right. that up. Walking Dead season two spoilers. Tune yes. out if you haven't finished it. Who'd you kill at the end? Yeah, so I definitely killed Kenny. I accidentally oh. got that spoiled. I got that spoiled because I was looking up. I thought I recognized the Jane voice actor, and it was Christine Lakin who was on Step by Step in the 90s and appeared on the Game Over Greggy show. Um, and uh, so I looked up her, who was uh, the voice for Jane, and ended up seeing, did you kill Kenny or Jane on like some forum oh, on wow. Google? So, uh... Yeah. and uh, Which is like weird that I got spoiled off of Jane voice actor, Walking Dead Jane <laughs> yeah. voice actor in a Google search. I but, kill Kenny uh, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he went. Well, he so, became such a dick. Like everyone loses people, dude. You can't just be an asshole. So I, I killed Kenny too, um, but then when I found out that Jane had actually just hid the baby and didn't actually lose it, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, I wish I hadn't killed Kenny. You're a manipulative bitch." Like, no, I, I, I still, like that because she she wanted to show that show Kenny was a colors. crazy bastard. Yeah. Also, I wanted to kill Kenny since season one, just to be. Wow. With you. I did not like that character from the beginning. Shout out, that's the voice actor of Zeke in Infamous. Yeah, he's a cool character. I didn't like I didn't like him from the beginning. So I was like, yeah, finally I can get rid of him. Dude, I love Jane. Um you guys don't watch Fear the Walking Dead, do you? No. That show was terrible and I just caught up with it. Uh it's halfway through season two and it's awesome now. I don't know how the fuck they turned it around, but anyways. Um one thing I love, characters I love in The Walking Dead are the ones that kill zombies and then uh, put the zombie guts on their body to make them smell yeah. like zombies. And obviously Rick and Glenn did that in season one. Then Jane does it in the game. 
and uh, there's a dude who does it a lot in Fear the Walking Dead. So those are like, those are the type of people I love in in Walking Dead. I want people who are like badass survivors instead of like, oh, woe is me, all these zombies, I don't know what to do. Like, you're in this world, figure it out. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, besides that, I finished up Entwined, um, short game, like I said last week, but uh, kind of fuck this game because it's uh, pretty damn mediocre. Um, I didn't, I didn't really love it at all. It was like, I think the controls. I didn't play it on PS4. It was all Vita, but it is like cross by cross save. I think they might have been better on PS4 because it didn't seem like they were really good at the sensitivity of the Vita sticks. Like they didn't develop that fully. The devs so. The Vita sticks are obviously very different than the PS4 sticks, so I wish that game had been a little bit better. The music was cool, the visuals are cool, um, but yeah, kind of lackluster. But finished that up, got the trophies and all that, and then, uh, like I said, hadn't been playing many games, so been reading a shit ton. Uh, been catching up on Walking Dead and Invincible, and I'm about to read Walking Dead 75, so that's getting real good. Awesome. And uh, reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire still, so about to Ooh. finish that up. Sweet. Fun fact, as a kid, I was not allowed to read Harry Potter books. I had a lot of friends like that. So that's a funny history there. I was like... Don't know why. My family was kind of weird on it. Like, the preacher that we went to, the, at the church we went to, said that he was like, you know, son of <laughs> Satan and all this stupid shit. And then um, we went at, like... Half of my family went to see the movie, and then half of them didn't, and then ended up reading the book, and I was like, damn, dude, like, there isn't a bunch of devil shit in this, it's yeah. just a book, you know? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, so let's get right into the news here. The first story, I want to start off on a more somber note, and then we'll go on to all the, the cool news, but I wanted to talk about it because it is important. Um, so this comes away of Game Informer. Kyle writes about, um, pro skier Matilda Rapoport, uh died during a promotional film shoot for Ubisoft Steep just coming out later this year. Rest in peace. Um, and they basically stated, um, we are deeply saddened to learn the death of Matilda Rapoport, the remarkable Swedish free skiing athlete. Uh, during a video production in Chile on Thursday, July 14th, Matilda was caught in an avalanche. Um, despite the medical care and treatment over the subsequent days, it was not possible to save her life. Uh, Matilda's courage, passion, and desire to share the sport she loved with the world served as an inspiration for other athletes and for all of us. This tragic accident has deeply touched us. Our hearts and prayers got to her husband and her wider family at this difficult time. So, it's unfortunate news. Um, she seemed like a super awesome uh, extreme sports person. Um, you know, that that stuff, there's never any safe bets with that stuff. you got to be on your guard 100% of the time. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure they took all the necessary precautions, but, I mean, you can't, you can't predict nature. That's just the way it works. Yep. And, uh... Yeah, I, I really hope that they do something really cool in the game for her, um, pay tribute to her in some way, um, maybe have like some kind of in memory thing at the beginning of the game, maybe have her as, um, I think it'd be awesome if she was on the cover of the game. That'd be really awesome. I don't know. I just think they're they mm. they can, they can turn this into a positive somehow. You know, that would be really cool if she was like the cover athlete, even though this isn't really. A cover athlete yeah, type of game. Yeah, I think just game. to pay tribute to her and have some kind of legacy there, like, I think that'd be really cool. I mean, she, she isn't super involved with the game. She's only doing a promo shoot, but she is involved because she's a free skier, and this game is all about extreme, like, snow sports, right? So I think pay, paying yeah. tribute to her in some way would be really awesome for her family and just for all of her fans and for her as well. So unfortunately, uh, 
our condolences go out to her family and uh, yeah that really sucks um so on some i hate to switch it so so drastically but on some <laughs> really awesome news um if you haven't been paying attention to kickstarter um and if you're not familiar with system shock system shock is essentially the game that got bioshock into what it was um system shock was the first in that series or in that franchise um and people love that game i personally never had a chance to play the game uh it's a pretty old game um but people love it they say it has the atmosphere it has basically everything people love about bioshock the original bioshock system shock had that first um but technology was able to make bioshock make that vision a little bit better um the cool thing is is um there's a team actually night dive studios is working on a remake of system shock for current gen consoles um and they have a really good team their team has worked on the original system shock so you know there's there's some familiarity there uh thief the original thief that everyone loved bioshock bioshock infinite fallout new vegas fallout 3 fallout 4 skyrim uh world of warcraft planet side 2 star trek online and uh warcraft 2 so they have a team that has a lot of experience in games um and the the really cool thing is so this was originally only going to be coming out for Windows and Xbox One. Um, but they actually got such a fervor of PS4 players saying that we want this on PS4, obviously. And they actually immediately um, stated that they were overwhelmed with the response and it's coming to PS4 the same day it launches for Xbox One and Windows. So it's awesome for them nice. listening to the fans. Hell yeah. uh, they're trying to reach a goal of 900K. Uh, they're over a million. They're 1.1 million right now. Um, six days to go nice. over seventeen thousand backers. Um, it's really cool. They had some they had some interesting stretch goals. They didn't have a lot of them. I think they're playing this really well. Um, and uh, people are wondering why this is Kickstarter uh, kickstarted. Um, this is just a game that I think a big publisher wouldn't even want to even try to remake. I don't think they understand the importance yeah. to people, and it doesn't. I, I I don't think this is a game that could get published. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, this huh. is these are the type of games that I am the most comfortable with through Kickstarter. They aren't the new the new the new uh, IP that no one's familiar with, but it's a really cool idea. So there's no there's basically no promise there. You don't have a connection with that studio, or that studio doesn't have a connection with an audience, and you're not sure if they're even going to have the product be made. Games like this, where it's a team, kind of like the ukulele team, where they're they're teams that have worked on games forever. They just want to make a game that nobody wants to publish, kind of like Bloodstained or uh, ukulele in this i think it's a, a really cool avenue these are the games i like seeing kickstarted so yeah are you guys excited for this to play system shock i am i heard this game was fantastic and i never got a chance so i'm getting interested in this because um being a huge bioshock fan i'd always heard about system shock and system shock 2 being kind of the spiritual successors to or predecessors i should say to bioshock and obviously i think ken levine worked on system shock 2 so, creator of Bioshock yep. series. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've always kind of heard about them being connected to the Bioshock series and thought, you know, it would be cool to go back to the roots of one of my favorite Also, game the series. concern people have is it's such an old game. Can they make it for modern times? Go play Doom that came out this year. That'll answer that question for you. Oh. Like, that. this game came out in 1994. Up. If If they can do what it did, which they're not id, obviously, but... They already have like uh, gifts yeah. and like uh, like early work that they have of the game, and it looks gorgeous. It looks really cool. So I'm super sure. excited. Um, I'm super excited to hear the music because Bioshock, uh, even Infinite, I really like the music that they put into those games, and uh, I'm, in, I'm yeah. interested to see how this goes. So they're obviously hit their Kickstarter, and uh, good luck to them. Any words on System Shock, Dom? Are you excited? Do you want to play this? 
I, I have my watchful little eye <laughs> on this game. Because, yeah, I love Bioshock 2, so I'm curious what uh, what the story is here. What's the what's the deal with this system shock? Yeah, I think this is... Kids are calling it. This goes back to something we talk about almost every week of, like, sometimes old games are hard to play. Like, you should go back to play old games because they're, they're basically pillars in the video game industry and uh, as it grows. But, like, sometimes old games are hard to play. So if they can get remade for modern standards, but we still... They still keep, still keep that feel of the original, you know, and the heart. Mm. So we'll see. Um, Sometimes I will say it's interesting to go back to old games that are difficult to play because of the, uh, you know, old controller support or whatever it may be. But um, it's also kind of, in some ways, important as a gamer if you're really into it because you kind of see where we've where we've been and how far we've come and how much better controls have been. Like think about how controls are great today controllers are great today and it really hasn't always been that way you know yeah um i agree with you there i think it's it's a if you're willing to do that it's necessary but it's not something you should have to like sure kill yourself over you don't need it to you don't need to do that to you know get your gamer card or whatever yeah exactly but it is i do agree with you it's cool to see it because for instance like with dom going back to play the original zelda you it gives you an idea of where things are now in comparison and how things change you know so yeah um the next story here the xbox one s arrives august 2nd this being the two terabyte model um it's coming a lot sooner than a lot of people anticipated they said august but people didn't know it was going to be this soon this is obviously the first week the second day of august um cool thing pre-orders are still available for it um yeah it's the slimmer sleeker one um for me personally i'm not even interested in buying it just because of project scorpio the funny thing is is that i was actually thinking about getting this until I heard about the trade-in program for Scorpio. Um, yeah. And I was like, there's literally no need for me to buy this now because I'll just keep this old Xbox One traded in for the Scorpio. But I was actually thinking about buying this just because it's a slimmer model. And yeah, I don't need another Xbox One right now. That's It's not really more powerful. But we've had these things since like launch or close to it. It it sounds like a jet plane sometimes. It doesn't run as, as good as it can. It's, <laughs> it's kind of in that state where... Um, as much as Red Ring sucked, it was good getting it for me. Most of the time, I didn't even get it replaced. I got a brand new console, and like console, new a brand new console runs way better than one that's slightly used or even a little bit used. So, uh, well, it may run like a jet plane, but the Xbox 360 really sounded like a jet plane. So, yeah, yeah, never forget. Yeah, and it's not always, but it, it does run like a console I've had for three years. You know, it's so you're. You're definitely thinking of upgrading to Scorpio, I'm big boy. Well, I mean, it's it's not it's not a. I guess yeah, it is a it is a definite. It's a I am I am doing it. Okay. It's a forcer, and I'm getting Project Scorpio. Maybe not day one, but you're doing it. Oh, it might be day one. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah. couple couple things with this. Isn't it kind of weird that on August second the two terabyte version is up for sale, but that's all we know. I mean, why wait another week or however long? So but people yeah, will spend more money. Yeah. It, because um, then you're like, you advertised it as $300 and then people go to the store and it's 400 I don't know. It just seems a little weird. It, I don't know. And this whole thing, I think it's it was odd that they announced Scorpio this early still because of it, that's what everyone's saying is like, well, I'm not going to buy the 1S because I'm going to wait for Scorpio, which – which is fine if you're gonna, you know, buy Scorpio. They still get your money. But I agree with you there. I for think... new people, like I feel like it's more for 
people who don't have an Xbox One at all yet might pick this up. I think they're better off. Uh, I don't think the Scorpio announcement was a mistake or it was early. I think maybe them having both of them in the same show was. See, the thing is, is it's like, it's like a it's like a two way street of like. So if they didn't talk about Project Scorpio and they announced this and people bought this, then people would be super mad next year when they announced Scorpio. I think they mm. should have announced Scorpio and then maybe just played off the Xbox One S afterwards, right? As like a footnote at the conference later on. I think the Scorpio yeah. is definitely the more important of the two because if they just announced the S. And then people buy it this fall, and then they hear about another Xbox One next fall. They're going to see – at least both of them are out there, and you can make the decision either way instead of only knowing about one and getting jaded with the other. So Yeah. So, yeah, either way you go, you risk – You know, some people yeah. are gonna, aren't going to be happy. Yet. I think the best solution was announcing both of them because if you pick one over the other, I think it would be a worse crap storm essentially. Jared, um, you said you're definitely upgrading. Um, I guess you don't really care that – you don't have a 4K TV, right? No. So you're just kind of doing it for, like, the better processing and stuff like that? Yeah, better gaming experience. Plus, like I said, I could just use a new console. Yeah. Yeah, Plus, and if I'm going to buy a new console, I'm not going to get the Xbox One S. I'm just going to get the Scorpio. So. The, yeah. Almost certainly the next TV you buy will be a 4K TV. Yeah, more than likely. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Whether it be a year from now or two or three years from now, it's like... Yeah, um, I agree. Almost guaranteed. It'll that. be at the point where it's, like, standard, so... Right. What do you guys think about the Gears of War Xbox One S? I Which love it. It is Jared cool. predicted, of course. Yeah, I predicted it. It wasn't announced at, X, uh, at the Xbox conference for E3, but yeah. I did predict it. Yep. Um, and I think it's cool. I think the argument people are having it, it's way too in your face. That's what a for me. That's what a, a custom console or a video game console should be. Yeah. The subtle, the subtle stuff's cool, but I mean, usually those are for super fans, you know. So. Yeah, I like it. Um. Is the controller the the one that they showed off at E3, the Elite? Uh, no, I don't think it's an Elite. I think okay. it's just the, the one with Bluetooth. Okay, but it is Gears of War at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to say real quick, I don't want to get on a conversation of it. It can be a topic for another day. I really, now that I've been thinking about it, uh, I really think Crackdown 3, the reason they're holding off on it and not talking about it is because I think that they want that to be their big thing for Scorpio. I think maybe they're retooling that game mm -hmm. to work more and be more powerful. And I think that could be next year. It's like Project Scorpio, oh, yeah, and Crackdown 3 is going to be a launch title on it. You know, So they're going to use that whole yeah. cloud gaming thing they got going on? Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're getting quiet on it because they want to restructure the game to work. For it to be worthy of being on on the on Project Scorpio, I think it'll be available on Xbox One because you figure they announced it so early, they already have it working on that platform. Oh. But I think they're waiting because they want to retool it so it can. There can be a reason to get the Project Scorpio version, you know. They've they've definitely said that all the games are going to be playable on both, though, right? Yeah, they're going to be playable on both. But I'm saying they're. I, I don't know how it's going to work. I, I think they're just retooling it so it works at optimal Better. performance, also for the Scorpio. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, th those, so that way those tiers are in place. Mm. Uh, the next story here, this is a real quick one. It's a follow-up to a follow-up. Uh, we've talked about Valve uh, talking about shutting down the CSGO gambling sites. Yes. They officially sent a cease and desist notice. Uh, I'm going to read you guys the statement real quick, and then we can move on to the next story. So this is exactly what they sent, and below this was a list of all of the websites. There was like 15 of them. Mm. We are aware that you are operating one of the gambling sites listed below. You are using Steam accounts to conduct this business. Your use of Steam is subject to the terms of the Steam Subscriber Agreement, the SSA. Under the SSA, Steam and Steam services are licensed for uh, persona non-commercial use only. 
Your commercial use of Steam accounts is unlicensed and in violation of the SSA. You should immediately cease and desist further use of your Steam accounts for any commercial purposes. If you fail to do this within 10 days, Valve will pursue all available remedies, including without limitation, terminating your accounts. Damn. Yeah, so I got kind of mad at Valve the last couple episodes saying that they need to do something about this and maybe they were, this is very um, uh, cause and effecty when they should have done it before everything happened, but at least they got straight to the point. They, they sent a cease and desist and they're like, you have 10 days to figure it out. If not, we'll figure it out for you. So yeah. props to them for fixing the solution. They still should go back to being a game dev company and work on games <laughs> that they really want to play. Ugh. Um, the, the next story here, uh, Nintendo NX, which is going to be my topic later in the show, uh, will help industry to grow, take a lot of casual players back, says Ubisoft CEO Eve Guillemot. Nice! The, the next Nintendo console currently going by codename Nintendo NX has yet to be revealed to the public. Uh, during Ubisoft's financial conference call for the rest for the first quarter of fiscal year 2016 to 17, um, which makes sense they're talking about the NX because NX is slated for March, um, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot talked about the Nintendo NX, stating that uh, what they've seen so far for the console is really great. He also notes how having this machine coming is going to help the industry grow as well as take a lot of the casual players and put them back into the industry. This final statement is definitely interesting, as it seems to suggest that the console will have some sort of feature that will attract casual players, like the Wii console did a few years back. Mm. Um, I think the, the hook for this console is going to be that it's a handheld that can also be a console. I think mm. as we keep going on, that makes more and more sense. The way you attract a casual audience, as you see in the Pokemon Go, is you make something very mobile and very simple. And nothing's more simple than a console that you can that's mobile that is plug-and-play into your TV, right? Yeah. If you're able to play something mobily and then, oh, I want to play it on my TV, and it's as simple as plugging one thing into your TV. Um, how that'll work will probably be two things because you probably need a power outlet. I don't know. but Well, the picture this. Like you have a part of it that's always plugged into your TV. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the way I think about it adapter. is um, – the Apple, the Apple speakers. You know the Apple yeah. speakers where it's like a thing that sits there and then whenever you want to use it, you just put your iPhone or I, uh, I, what is it, iPod in it and it works? Yes. I think it would be like that. Yes, be a, Jared. The most popular MP3 player of all time is called the iPod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it will be like that. It will be a, maybe a hub station. But I think the like the they're talking about the casual hook. And I really think the casual hook is going to be a mobile device that you can take everywhere but easily plugs into your thing. I think that's going to be the big thing is this is also a television console, you know? So we'll see. I don't know. I don't think that's casual. Like the casual market is doing all that on their – well, not all that, but they're they're being casual on their smartphones. Yeah. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I mean it should – this would have been a casual, you know, hit maybe five, ten years ago. But, I mean, that's why they – 3ds and vita sales are you know sliding down a hill right now so i don't think that the mobile asp i think you're right it's going to be something like that but i don't know if it's going to work out um the way they want i don't think it's like casual i mean because they're going to market it all screwy no you know let's be honest damn they're not going to know what to say about it i I don't have high yeah. hopes. And we'll also, get into we don't this know what your, the casual gamer wants because we're not really that. And I'm not trying to put us above them. But, like, what we want out of stuff is completely different than somebody else, you know? Like, it, it, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, uh, before we get into the last story, uh, Jordan, you have a couple of stories for us. Um, so, today I have a story from IGN that was written by the Dark Knight of News himself, Andy Goldfarb. 
And it is talking about the Rise of the Tomb Raider 20th Year Celebration Edition, which has just been announced for the PS4, coming out on October 11th. About time. Um, and I've talked, yes, I've talked a bunch on this show about where the hell is the release date for this game. You know, not super in love with Uncharted, and I want, this is what is going to uh, satiate that appetite for uh, the adventure game, the third person action adventure. Um, and you know, a bunch of people were speculating, talking about whether this game was going to be $60 when it came on PS4, whether or not it was going to have all the DLC included. And then, you know, they just blow it out with this big infographic. Um, not only are we getting it for $60 with all the DLC included, but they're also adding a ton of stuff. Um, there's a new co-op endurance mode. They've already had endurance, but now it's co-op. Um, there's a nightmare chapter that's probably going to be pretty short but you play as laura in a nightmare there's another level where you walk around croft manor and you have to psvr yeah you have to prove that you are the rightful heir of the croft manor and that will also you can play it just regular ps4 but it will also have psvr compatibility um new difficulties uh new in-game models so you can play as like the really old school laura from like the first uh games that are really blocky and you know weird polygons um and then you get a bunch new uh outfits for laura which i was actually really into in the first game just because um they look really cool and they give you some some uh changeability with your character even though it's not really an rpg in that sense so so jordan yeah laura or lara uh, it's Lara. Okay. Thought I heard you say Laura in there. I might have. It's 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 interchange not interchangeable, but they're so close. Um, Lara Croft, L A R A. Good good uh, point LC on the grammar. to the oft. I am a a stickler. <laughs> yes, I'm a stickler on grammar, so I like I like you keeping me on my toes. They didn't have to do um, that, so that's awesome. They had they had they didn't have. To. They really didn't, dude. It could have been sixty dollars, and then you got to buy the whole season pass and the extra stuff. Yeah. So I'm so excited about this October 11th. I think didn't we talk about it coming out in November when it was supposedly leaking? Yeah. Um. So I'm super excited about this. This is perfect timing. Uh, like right after Final Fantasy 15 and. Uh, Mafia 3. Um, so yeah, can't wait, man. I think this game... I don't know. I was going to say something, but I don't know if it's true. I was going to say, I think this game might sell better on PS4 than Mafia 3 does. Probably. I think... Yeah. Dude, it's yeah. going to be big on PS4. I think they, they were stupid to to go with Xbox. Maybe they got paid enough, but who knows. Yeah, I think... It really bothered me the way people were complaining about it and getting mad at the company. It's like a company, they're not the first company to do that. Oh, yeah. You should be happy that they did this. Like, they didn't have to do any of this. Yeah, this is They so went out cool. of their way to to be like, hey, PlayStation gamers, we know it sucks for you to have to deal with this because you didn't make your decision knowing that this was going to happen, yada, yada. Yeah. But we'll make it worth the wait. So, yeah. that's cool. It's a very, very cool package that they put together and... Like I said, they really blew it out, man. I mean, lots and lots and lots of content. I can't wait. I'll be pre-ordering. Dom, you're a big Uncharted fan. Are you going to be playing this, you know, day one? Probably not. I'll probably wait for it to go on sale. I mean, I could have bought this on PC for the last six months or whatever. So yeah. I'm not... I'll, I want to play it eventually, but I probably won't drop $60 on it. But we'll see. Okay. 
Um, so then I have another story, but real quick I wanted to mention, I just talked about Final Fantasy XV, and we've talked about uh, the Uncovered event and all the different multimedia stuff they're doing. They just announced today, a lot of people were wondering if they would do this with Final Fantasy. It's like a classic-looking version of the Final Fantasy games, and it's a little uh, kind of DLC game that is... Uh, a story that Noctis is being told as a child, and so you play as young Noctis with a little party, and it looks like a 1632-bit type game, and uh, coming out the same day as Final Fantasy XV, it looks awesome. It looked cool. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have been saying they should do, like, you know, the big, of course, uh, open-world RPG Final Fantasies, but also on the side, maybe do, like, some I Am Setsuna-style stuff. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Um, and then the big story here is uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Pachinko. Of course, there was the big hullabaloo last year with Konami and Kojima that uh, they had this big uh, tizzy. Silent Hill got canceled with Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro. And then uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 came out incomplete. It wasn't even a full game. They had to uh, give you this random animatic of what the final mission would have looked like and then the last five or ten were just repeats of other missions on harder difficulties. Um, so big, big issues between Konami and Kojima. Wouldn't even let him accept his uh, game award last December. So tons of BS going on there. Now we get this news story that uh, they're making these pachinko machines, which everyone knows Konami does a bunch of other things in video games. Pachinko is a big part of that. And they're doing a Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Pachinko Machine. They're really uh, doing a big thing with this. They're, they're making a big deal over in Japan. And what they've done is they've taken a bunch of these cutscenes from uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 and completely remade them in the Fox engine, which was the engine for Metal Gear Solid 5 that made it look so incredibly gorgeous. And so they have all these remade cutscenes from Snake Eater that look incredible. Uh, one of my favorite Metal Gear Solid games, right up there with MGS5 and Peace Walker. Um, those are my top three, probably. And um, they've released two trailers now for uh, this Pachinko machine. And Game Rant, Games Radar, I'm sorry, Games Radar is the story I'm reading here. Um, people are starting to speculate that maybe these remade cutscenes in this Pachinko game are actually from either a cancelled MGS3 remake or an MGS3 remake, 3 remake that is currently in production but they just haven't announced yet. Um, so there's a few tweets here. Um, Richard Stanton says, All the noobs that diss Konami for making an MGS3 pachinko machine can now eat their words. Look at that shit. Greatest pachinko machine ever. Also, Konami is clearly re remaking MGS3. Look at the amount of footage. Um, someone else, Xiaomu Arisu, says, Wouldn't it be cool if we actually got an MGS3 remake in the Fox engine? Not with this Konami, though. Um, and then this other guy, Joe Gibbs, says, Very worrying possibility that th this is all reused uh, footage from a potentially cancelled MGS remake. And, um, yeah, like these guys said, there is a ton of footage here. One of the trailers is just a couple minutes, but the other one is seven minutes long, and it probably has four or five minutes of these cutscenes that they've fully remade. 
Um, like I said, they're looking incredible, and MGS3 is an awesome game. I'm really, really, really hoping that this isn't from a canceled remake. Um, I know you guys aren't huge Metal Gear Solid fans, but I would so love if we got this game remade, especially for PS4. Maybe even on Neo, it would look amazing. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I don't have too much to say about it. I think it's uh, wishful thinking to think that it's a something that's currently in development. Um, if Konami has told you anything, it's that they don't care. Um, and I really think this is just sure. repurposing old assets. Um, I think they, they're clearly not, not interested in winning over gamers. I mean, that could be the one case if they are interested in winning over gamers, then they would be coming out the remake. But I think this yeah. is just repurposing assets. I think it's like we tried doing but, a Metal Gear <sighs> remake. Let's just put these on a pachinko machine and we'll make money, whatever. Repurposing assets though, the amount of footage speaks to the fact that they would have had to be very far in. So it almost feels like you're saying they're kind of nonchalant about it. Like, oh, let's just toss this in there. I just feel like it would have had to be a big thing for them to have gotten this far into a remake and then end up not releasing it. I feel like if they used, like if these cutscenes are from an MGS3 remake, it will come out because they have to be that far into it. Yeah, I just, I, I hope it's either really bad or it doesn't sell well like ouch dude i want to play that game I, it has nothing to do with the game it's that that company i just lost all respect for that company and i could the, it, yeah but don't you want them to make good games like they even said we're gonna keep making metal gear so this could be what they're talking about don't you want them to make good metal gear well first of all i don't really care about metal gear to begin with so that could probably be the, the point of which i'm coming across as but i mean even games you don't care about don't you want them to be good yeah, I wish somebody else had the rights to Metal Gear. I I, I yeah. have zero respect for for Konami, man. I just oh so, yeah, I don't, definitely don't respect them. I would just like to see this. I mean, I, this can be a topic another day, and we can dig into it. But I have no idea, like what Konami did. Like you know what I mean? I feel like there's just so much ambiguity here, and people just are really hating on this company. I just want to know, like, what exactly, like, verifiably documented they did i guess well but yeah another another no day. one knows what went on between them and kojima but right. it is the fact that they kept him from going to the vgas last december they canceled silent hill when it was obviously going to be a big thing with guillermo and norman and then they you know boggled the release of mgs5 made it come out early and they had all these r bad microtransactions in that game that were really money grubby, and people didn't like that either. There's a bunch of other tiny little things, but I think they did plenty to warrant the whole "fuck Konami" hashtag. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to say it like that, Jordan. Like, Metal Gear is a really Metal Gear is a really awesome series that I hope people love that that franchise. So, yeah, I, I don't. MGS three is one of the best. Yeah, I'm not saying that from a point of I don't want that game to exist. I'm saying it from like. I wish the money was going in someone other's pocket, somebody else's pocket other than Konami, you know, so. Honestly, I think, yeah, I've lost all respect, but, I mean, I've lost respect for plenty of companies, EA and Activision. I don't have a lot of respect for very many publishers in the industry besides um, the first parties, really, and I definitely lost Nintendo respect, but uh, I wish, you know, I would like for them to uh, regain our trust and regain our respect because they could... Yeah, they fucked over somebody, but, you know, Capcom fucked over Iga. They should and, just start uh, talking then. That's a problem is they're letting everyone Mr. else Mega control Man. their message, you know? Yeah, so I just, I hope that 
maybe 10 years in the future, Konami is really back into video games, and they are making awesome stuff, and they are being respectful to the creators that help make their games. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, hopefully that happens for, yeah. for the sake of I hope game. this remake comes out. I really hope that it wasn't canceled, because that would be so sad with the amount of footage that they have. Uh, really quick, uh, I, I, we've gone on quite a bit for news, so this is just going to be a really quick thing. Um, basically, this comes from Ars Technica. It's been reported other places. This comes from Kyle over Ars Technica. The patented super formula that could cause a legal headache for No Man's Sky. It essentially goes into, um, there was a super formula that was created in 2002. Um, it was basically, uh, received a patent and it's, uh, a mathematical formula that allows for, like, the generation of, of stuff. Uh, geometric transformation formula. Um, so essentially the, sh- the, the short part of the story, I'm going to condense it, is that this formula is created. Um, people are allowed to use it as long as they get permission. Um, and apparently it's a rumor that No Man's Sky, or what they're saying is that Jenny Cap's saying that No Man's Sky uses this formula without their permission, um, which is a huge thing, obviously. Um, Especially since that game is all about the algorithm mathematics. That's why it's yeah. got such a small... Uh, file size. So we'll see how the, what happens with this in the coming days. The game's gone gold, but if there's some kind of lawsuit that comes through um, with you know using using Creative Commons and stuff like that, we'll we'll see. This is big, so this could just be somebody blowing hot air just to try to get some attention. Maybe it has nothing to do with anything. But as far as this article, if you want to check it out, it'll be in the description down below uh, in the news part of the, the YouTube video. Um, it goes into in depth what exactly happened when the formula was made. All that stuff. It goes in depth. Um, it also has some really cool things talking about how if this did go to court, how the Supreme Court would rule on it um, with algorithm patents and stuff like that. So it's a very cool, detailed article. If you want to get into that, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, some bad news for No Man's Sky if this is true. So we'll see what happens. Um, get into the topics here. Uh, let's go with Jordan. You want to go first? Sure. Um,. What was my topic, guys? <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. I know what it was. It was the refurbished versus new consoles. Um, yeah, so, Dom, you've been talking about uh, possibly getting a Vita, which, holy crap, I'm on the edge of my freaking seat, man. If you get a Vita, I'm going to freak the freak out. So, really quick, I'll preface that. It's no longer possible. Like, I'm going to get one. Yeah! I've decided, like, it's. I'm absolutely going to, but... Um, I'm glad that you, this is your topic because that's playing into my decision right now. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. And then there's also the possibility that this thing is going to get an official price drop later this year or something. I think that could happen very well. And I'd hate to buy one right now and have for 150 bucks. And then it ended up being a hundred dollars new in a couple months or something. But what do you, what, what do you got for your topic? With all that being said, I first want to say hearty beyond to you, sir. Welcome to Vita Island. Even though he, well, he's sitting, he's sitting at the, I don't know if they're going to let him trying to buy his guys. tickets. He's figuring out if he wants to buy his tickets, if they're going to let him go. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll smuggle <laughs> you in. How about the, that? The airline people are just being dicks. Too late. They're like, no, you can't go, sir. I, uh, my Vita is Japanese. That's why it's white. And so I'm in Vita Island. I can smuggle you in. No big deal. You can stay at my place <laughs> for a few nights. Um, anyways, yes, beyond. Um, and my topic is... Uh, like I said, refurbished versus new. Um, I thought that you were definitely going with refurbished, so I'm glad that we're gonna uh, terse this out. Um, Since I told that to you, I'm kind of I'm kind of changing my mind back to okay. new. 
So, first of all, shout out to IGN Daily Deals. Um, I check that pretty often because, like I said, I read IGN pretty much every day. And I would say pretty freaking often there's a Vita on there that's... Um, they are currently 200 MSRP, but they'll have them on there for 180. And I think they sometimes have, like, memory cards or games with them. So, I would say check IGN Daily Deals... 180 for a new Vita is really not bad. It is the slim version, obviously, because they don't manufacture the OLED anymore. But uh, that's another thing we got to talk about. Are you getting OLED? Are you getting slim? Obviously, this isn't the topic, just the Vita, but um, I, slim. I will say you're definitely doing slim. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have a slim. Um, I could have gotten the white Assassin's Creed version. It would have been a little bit hard to find the OLED, but... Uh, I went ahead and just decided to do this, uh, and this comes into the topic, which is I like having new consoles, new handhelds. I like having electronic devices in general, TVs, uh, tablets, uh, phones, anything like that. I would rather it be new just because I take such good care of, back when I had discs, I would never let the discs get scratched, and uh, my hardware and my controllers and, and all of that stuff, my electronics, I take like really pristine care of them just because I want them to last a long time and look good for a long time. Um, so this comes into play if I get a refurbished or used console, um, then, you know, there's could be scratches or scuffs, whatever. Maybe it's light, but, you know, even if there's just that one little ding, I'm going to be looking at it and being like, damn, I, I didn't do that. You know, I couldn't have saved it from that it's, fall. For some reason, it's better when you made the scratch yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. But if you get something that someone else scratched, like if you if you put the scratches like, oh, yeah. in there again, somebody else this. did, they're tarnishing the product. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep. It's yeah, like a dirty right. pair of shoes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this is you just brought me back to a great memory. We don't talk about the PSP enough on here. I want to give a shout out to my boy. I owned Zip a PSP. PSP. Uh, would have been my favorite handheld of all time if ye old Vita hadn't come along. Um, because it's basically just a PSP 2.0 better version with too many knick-knacked paddywhack. Give a dog a bone. <laughs> Could, can I make a statement real quick? <laughs> Give a dog a bone. Bells and whistles. I love my 3DS. Yeah, I absolutely adore my 3DS. Um, the PSP was my favorite handheld I've ever had. I love the PSP. Yeah. So. Yes. So, yeah, I was shouting out PSP, and that memory I was going to mention is I had my PSP, got it new, um for my birthday like the year or so after it came out and um so you're talking about making your own dings and nicks on your consoles it's okay if you do it um i was playing ncaa football because i used to actually be into sports games when i was a kid and i like you know those games you would just get screwed sometimes of course half the time you're throwing the football and it goes right in the bread basket and the guy just drops it and you're like what the fuck so yeah, one time, not if you're playing as the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, one time, I was playing in CWA football or Madden, maybe on my PSP on a trip we were somewhere, and I freaked out on the game because I, you know, I it was too hard or I messed up or whatever, and I bit into the top of my PSP screen, and like with my Naturally. with my canine tooth, I was just I didn't want to throw it, I didn't want to break it, but I was just like freaking the fuck out, and I was like ah, and I just bit it. And so you bit it. I, my, you tried to eat the PSP. My canine tooth, the sharp one right here on the bottom, 
just barely pushed into the top of the screen. Luckily, it was it wasn't in the screen or in the middle of the screen. It was like just at the top, off of the screen, and so it didn't really affect anything. But it was always there. I was always looking at it like, yeah, that's stupid. It's just sitting there. I don't care. But yeah. it was funny. So, I'm not gonna ostracize you for this, but I just have one question. How did it taste? You know, it was very uh, not edible. I would say it was very not tasty. <laughs> Glass and plastic. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So I think, you know, shame on me, because I disrespected <laughs> it, it, my it PlayStation happens. Portable, and I'm sorry to the little guy for that. But that is a funny memory. Um, yeah. So. Back to new and, and refurbished. Let's talk a little bit about your Vita Dom. Um, what is what are the pros and cons for you that you're trying to decide now about? Obviously, price is one. What are you thinking right now between new and refurbished? And include a little uh, spot about how you usually lean as far as gaming consoles and electronics. Do you buy new or used refurbished? Also, what color are you looking at? Are you just going for the base? That's a good one. Oh, that well, that that's part of the conversation too. But um, and I'll get into that. So in this particular in this particular scenario with the Vita right now, uh, refurbished ones are about one hundred to one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, which I'm like, okay, that's good because I don't want to pay two hundred dollars for a Vita right now. I would feel like a chum, <laughs> even though I want you know that's just too much. But I found some new ones on Amazon um, for one hundred fifty, which isn't oh, too bad. Dude. So when you look at the difference in price, okay, okay, right, one hundred fifty for a new one and one hundred twenty for a refurb, it's like you dude. might as well just get the new one. You get a year. Pay the thirty dollars, Dom. Pay the thirty dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's one game, well, but yeah, exactly, it's nothing. Your refurbs come with usually like a sixty or ninety day warranty from the yeah. sketchy Amazon seller. Maybe yeah, might be a scratch on the screen or one of those dings that we complain about, but at least the new one, it's coming in a factory sealed box and you're going to get some support from Sony on it. Presumably I would, I assume most things come with a year warranty yeah. against like, you know, against defects or whatever. Yeah. So that's, that's why I ultimately swung back to, uh, to wanting a new one just cause it's just not worth it. Now there are some scenarios for most, for the most part, I'm with you. I'd like new stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's good. It's something new. It's yours. Sometimes if it's really worth it, then a refurbished, uh, piece of hardware is better i think you can buy refurbished we use directly from nintendo for like 200 bucks whereas they're normally 300 mm. in that case that's really worth it um although the wii u is still overpriced yeah. i can't fathom why it so costs as much as it yeah it's cost the same amount as an xbox one jesus because um, it needs to for them to make profit jesus <laughs> right it's yeah it's just bizarre that that thing hasn't dropped in price considering it's so un- low spec and it's not sold. You you would think I don't know, dude. It's that high def tablet, bro. <laughs> yeah, um, comes with an iPad. So <laughs> so that's why I fell back to the new camp. And then the color, I the color of the Vita was also a big factor because I really wanted that aqua blue. Ooh, like, that thing is beautiful. It's gorgeous. You can't. I can't find one new. What? Uh, used and refurbished ones are like one hundred and eighty dollars. That's weird because they're slim. They're anyway. the new versions. You might have right. to import and from like Japan. GameStop. That's what I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that, well, no, that's the thing. They only sell black new in America. You have to get it overseas yeah. if you want any color. Yeah. I okay because when I was looking through things, it, it appeared as if, as if GameStop sold them just like exclusively. GameStop sold them, but not new. The blue ones in the U.S. Not new. Maybe that's the case because they didn't have anything in stock. The, even the thing used. is, is they're totally region right. free, there, so. so you don't have to worry. 
Um, you have a black PS4, correct? So yep. I got the Destiny White. Day one. And um, it's so fucking gorgeous. Um, Glacier White. And the... Uh, so I definitely wanted the White Vita to match. Um, and uh, yeah, they only sell them new, uh, colorful in Japan. But I just went on... I was about to import it and get this whole... You know, go through this whole process and pay a little bit extra money or whatever. Um, but then I found out um, there's people that are sellers on Amazon America that are selling, you know, new Japanese model Vitas. So you can just get it through Amazon, not, you know, actually through Amazon. Amazon's not the one selling it, but um, there's, right. you know. They cover yeah, it and there's like It's fulfilled through the, Amazon. Uh, the sellers have their, their ratings or whatever. And mine, mine came through brand new and it was quick shipping. You can even get them prime because they're here in America. You know, they're just from Japan, so. Um, if you want the blue color new, then you'll definitely have to do an import. But you can your get other, it here. your other concern about it dropping in price later, you can never determine or predict that. Yep. You're just going to be sitting there waiting, yep. wondering, and you're never going to buy it. And yeah. then what if that price drop never comes? It's better to buy it now, not right now, obviously, but buy it now. Yeah. And if the price drop happens, it happens. You might feel bad about it. But if you just sit waiting, and then eventually, you know, I don't know. You might as well get as most fun as you can out of the Vita before it's gone forever. It's not going to be gone. Like... It's it's a legacy console already, but you'll be able to play the games. It's a digital console. You know, you'll be able to play the games forever. No, no, I know. I mean, I mean, support moving forward. The thing in general is hard to find new anywhere. Even the yeah. black ones, like the slim black model. Like, why do they need to? Why, GameStop why do they need to stock them though? Any in stock? Why would they stock them? You know, it's what? like pointless. Yeah, no, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Like Best Buy didn't ha- doesn't have any, even on their online store. Walmart, like nowhere had yeah. any. Um, and the one I found through Amazon was through another seller, and I don't know how that works. I mean, this guy could have could have been a truck heist where he got a hundred of them or something. Okay, well, I, I've got I plenty. You said they're factory sealed. I don't think it's like some weird Craigslist rapist or anything. Well, right, it's, but it's still one of the Amazon Marketplace sellers or whatever. I, it's not an official seller yet. Right. I like to it's, buy directly from Amazon. I do that all the time. But the, the Marketplace people, yeah, I'm sure the they're all fine. one thing I will say, both just, with Amazon and eBay, you get a guarantee. I've had plenty of people be kind of sketchy, like, uh, on eBay or Amazon that aren't, you know, the official sellers. And they'll say it's new, but it's actually used or whatever. You, you got a total guarantee from both of those websites. So that is a thing to, to think about. Um yeah. Yeah, you're definitely you you've said that you're getting one for sure. Now, here's the deal. If you have the money ready to go, what I suggest if you're not going to get new, um if you're going for refurb, then just sit on eBay, watch out. You could even bid and I guarantee you you could get maybe a new one, but probably a refurbished one for less than $100. If you really wanted to do that and if yeah. you've got it ready to go, then you can just do that, but you know, if you if you no one's sitting there looking at the Vita on eBay <laughs> trying to trying to snipe stuff, so you probably yeah. have a good chance. Well, let me tell you a quick story because that's what I thought too. Because <laughs> I've been keeping an eye on the bay, yeah. as I call it, for the past couple of days now, and Vita's like because most people who are selling them on eBay are including a memory yes. card, almost always a four eight gigabyte that. one, which I'm like that's just worthless. Um, but they 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 get up in price, and there's like thirty. 40 bids on a lot of them and the blue ones especially like they get over like up to $200 for used ones I'm like well that's just yeah. not I just couldn't yeah. justify that um, but they're yeah they are surprisingly popular on eBay because there's not that many listings yeah. of them Yeah, you know there's like maybe 20 or yeah. 30 
and no, none of them knew. So that's kind of I, – it's just tough, I I'd guess. say Amazon's but your best bet here. I'm, yeah. Like I like the the seller that I found, $150 for a new one. Um, they have like a 100% rating, yeah. so I'm sure it's fine. So, so. The, uh, okay, memory cards real quick. You got to get one. Ugh. First of all, you need to decide. Are you going digital or are you going to have some physical cartridges? Oh, I'm going okay. all digital. I'll have one physical cartridge to keep in the so system. So you've got, you know. I want a 32 you got to go 64, least. dude. you got to go 64 because yeah. they are starting to drop in price. They're still pretty expensive, like just below 100, like 80, 90 bucks. But, I mean, you're still going to spend probably at least 60 on a 32. It's like. Just do it. It sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. like I when I was buying my Vita, I was like getting accessories and stuff too, so I could kind of just be stocked up when I got it. And I was kind of like, you know what? This is the price of the console. The memory card is part of it. That's like my hard drive and my PS4, or whatever. I'm just gonna consider it part of the console. Yeah, it's more expensive. It sucks, whatever. But I play it so much, and it's totally worth it, and I love it. So whatever. Um, this was new versus old consoles. I think it turned into Shaddam by Vita. Well, I think that was relevant to yeah. the conversation. Um, real, real quick before we head on to the next topic, I just want to say, uh, with new and used consoles, I'm exactly with you, Jordan, 100%. I like buying new because I take really good care of my stuff. Um, I think the used marketplace definitely needs to exist, especially for, you know, families who can't afford a brand new console. Like, and there's, yeah. there's definitely room for that kind of stuff. But for yeah. me personally, I'm definitely the, the new snob. Like... If I'm buying tech, I buy it new. That's just how I feel because mm. there's there's nothing like the smell, smell. of an unboxing oh. of a new – any kind of technology Dude, product. when I was phone, building my yeah. PC Console, and I was whatever. taking all of those parts out of the boxes. Oh, wow. oh yeah. Wow. When you when you uh, peel the yep. plastic screen off of yeah, like, your case yep. window or, even or whatever the, else, that's, yep. that's even static. Even the monitor, just off of the monitor, dude. Just, yeah, so yeah. Um, next topic is actually a pretty – pretty polarizing topic in the world of video games right dom hit us with your topic yeah so last week um i griped a little bit about gta and why it's just not for me um i wanted to extend that into uh it's not as prominent today but you know early 2000s it was you know the popular like fox news thing to do was just uh, bash on video games and you know how much violence they have and it goes against family morals and it's corrupting our youth and this and that um I don't see it so much anymore. Um, again, it's we're kind of past that, I think, uh, as a society. It's just become our culture. But I want to see what your guys' thoughts are on, on that kind of perspective. Um, I'll first throw out that I think it's indisputable that if you're playing a lot of violent shooting video games as a kid, it desensitizes you to shooting people. Like, it just absolutely does. Obviously, not as much as actually shooting someone would over and over. But I think it's undisputable that indisputable that that does affect you over time and time again when you've shot 100 people in the head in a game you're just a little more desensitized to it now that doesn't mean that everyone who has ever killed someone illegally or whatever did so because they played a lot of video games right i I look at it as kind of like a gateway drug sort of thing where not everyone who smokes marijuana ends up doing heroin but everyone who does heroin used no, to do no, marijuana no, Dom. kind of thing, right? Everyone knows. If you smoke marijuana, you'll end up on heroin, no doubt about it. Right. It's not sarcasm, like yeah, exactly. People. It's not like saying that. <laughs> that's sarcasm. I hope yeah, you know. yeah. I'm not saying that like if you play a lot of violent video games, then you're 
guaranteed to, you know, go and kill people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, it, it has to have at least some slight psychological effect. I don't think you can logically deny yeah. that. Now, after all that, I'm a pretty hardcore, like, libertarian, so, I, like, I would never suggest that we censor anything for anyone, like, in any, in any means. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's just how I feel about those kinds of things. But it's important, like, the game ratings are important, and I would... Like I would never let my kids play the majority of video games, um, you know, that I play now. Right? I just wouldn't, not until they're 15, 16, or, you know, whatever I deem appropriate. Um, so the, the ESRBs are pretty, they're not always the best, but it's a good Damn. thing to uh, start your Hold on. Out. You're telling me you didn't play M-rated video games till you were 15 or 16? I think... Uh, Call of Duty was the first M-rated game I didn't played. Did you talk about playing that in middle school? 14? But you also said your family. You also said your yeah, family didn't let you watch or... Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, well, that's exactly. like younger. I mean, but... no, it was. It was worse than that though, because the the transition from like pl- only playing T games to M games wasn't that big. The bigger issue was when I was you know between eight and ten, or eleven. When we weren't allowed to even play the T games, you know what I mean? Damn! And that like the difference there is so ridiculous. When you get up to M, it's like your Grand Theft Autos and your Call of Duties. It's like yeah, that's mature. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on. The difference between E and T was so silly. I remember playing the first Lego Star Wars was a rated E game, and I loved it. But then like the the Episode Three Revenge of the Sith, you know, movie based Star Wars game was rated T. And I wasn't allowed to get it. Eventually, like after like a year, I convinced my dad to let me rent it or whatever. But that's – it's such a silly thing to to base these decisions off of. Like it's still – it's Star Wars. Like I watched – I was allowed to watch the movies and play the Lego version. But I yeah. – you know what I mean? It doesn't – it didn't – now there's, there's some T games that I probably should have stayed away from. But it just seems – it can get arbitrary and like not – it doesn't – it's not really effective in what it's trying to do. But so – just want to see what you guys think um, about you know violence and game ratings or whatever else you want to throw in there. So I don't know if I was raised differently than you guys, but like, so for me, um, I'm a pretty smart guy for the most part. Um, and when my when my mom raised us, she <laughs> yeah, essentially right. she essentially <laughs> she essentially felt that we were smart enough to learn things. And there's also a counter argument to this. You say that uh, to a certain extent, yeah, it can desensitize you. But also, if you shelter your kids too much, that can also affect them. So that way, when they're actually exposed to this kind of stuff, it could have a, a more drastic effect on them. You know, there's also definite argu- uh, well, counter argument. There's also there's learning some there's learning about something, and then there's like diving headfirst into interactivity. Yeah, in a game a day. You know what I mean? It's yeah. different than well, a sex uh, talk. Like violence, <laughs> violence has always uh, has always been around. It's not just in video games. Yep. You know? Yep. Yep. And. I think oh, it's yeah. all, all the yeah. understanding of, of your kids and what your kids can handle. I shouldn't. I don't think you should have kids automatically. This is me personally speaking. Everyone can do their own thing. But for me, it's like I should automatically say, okay, at 13 they can watch this, or at 15 they can watch this. For me, as as my child grows and I realize what their understanding capabilities are and what what how they how they look on the world and how they learn and stuff like that. I, I think it's definitely a case by case basis. Uh, I was able to watch uh, Raider movies since I was a young kid. Um, and I didn't have any negative effects. Lucky dog. I play video games. I never had any restrictions. I never was not allowed to watch. He says games. as he stabs a bunny with a voodoo pin. No, I, yeah, I've never had. <laughs> I've never had violent tendencies. Nothing. You were you were one of those kids. Like there were a couple kids I knew whose parents were like that, and I was yep, always yep, so yep. jealous. Yeah, it's it's nature versus nurture too. Yeah. A lot of stuff you you. It's hard to determine whether or not what people what they had a 
in their life affected the way they acted or if that's them genetically like there's a whole argument with that and i do think it's up to a parent to 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 be on top of these things not every kid should be able to see r-rated movies or play these very violent games in the little just because they might not be able to handle it like you know mentally like and also right like a scary yeah, movie sometimes that can traumatize your kid it's up to the parent on top of this it's the parents parents do not pay attention to their kids enough these days they, yep, they, they don't care about what their kids are buying. They don't care about anything. They go into a store, you want this game? Okay, they don't even bother looking at the rating. And then they get mad at the video games for being too violent when it says on the box your kids shouldn't be playing it. Yeah. And uh, see, the thing is, is the, the ratings aren't a definitive thing uh, from a parent's perspective, I don't think. It's not like, okay, this thing says 17 plus. So that means I can only buy this for my kid when they're 17. You as a parent should know your kid well enough to understand, okay, my kid's 14 or 15, but he's... He's mature, as mature as a 17-year-old. Yep. This is fine. It's up to the parent to pay attention to that. It's, it's lazy parents, honestly. Um, yeah. And I think that there are different types of violence, too, that I think affect differently. Like, for instance, I think Doom's violence is a lot different than Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 is very dark. It's a bad example, but it's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, there's blood and stuff, but it's not in-your-face gore. Speaking Dude, of, it's I see, realism yeah, either. especially on the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, I see tons of people... Posting photos and videos of their kids playing Dark Souls, and I'm like, what the fuck? They're like six-year-old kids playing Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I'm like, holy shit, I would crap my pants. From a scary level, not from a violence level, yeah. I mean, it's totally violent. From a difficulty yeah, a difficult level. super fucking violent. There's tons of blood. I see, it, I see it as a different type of violence. I think that, for me, the way I look at it is like, I think Dark Souls, it, it is violent. You can't say it's not. But it's so yeah. fantasy. It's so it's unrealistic very gory that it's not. Too. I mean, you know, just because it's fantasy doesn't mean it's not like real yeah. gore with blood flying out. But to me, I think that that is a lot different than like a Call of Duty or a, or a Doom or stuff like that. And maybe it has to yeah. do with the first person aspect too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's a big part. Um, of it. I think this isn't really a, a, a crazy argument where there's like you know violence is bad or, or in video games or stuff like that. But the thing we brought up last week is a very valid point of the VR. I think. Being outside of it and holding a controller and playing a game is one thing. I think once you're in this virtual reality space, that's where it can really mess with your mind. We've had instances, the Google Glass guy, like our vib- our yes. phantom vibrations on our phone. That stuff can really mess with you. I think when it starts going to that aspect, parents need to be on top of it. You can't just let your kid play any game in VR. Like that's yeah. going to be a huge thing. And it's this conversation is going to come back up when VR oh yeah. takes off. Like we, we sure. talked about it on the show. We think that someone's probably going to die within the next year for VR. And that, you know, Sony had to put the whole label, you can't, or you're not recommended to play if you're under 12 or 13, I think, and stuff like that, you know, for me, it's a, parenting is a big part, like you were talking about, Jared. I think, um, uh, Dom, you mentioned libertarianism. I think one of the big problems that we have today, especially in America, is the fact that parents expect the government to raise their child in a lot of ways yep. part of that being with the games or media movies tv whatever right. uh, go the, sit in the room it'll take care of you yeah the uh the music with the explicit labels um it's all over the place how parents are like no you have to make sure my pa- my kid can't get access to this you have to make sure that my kid's not right. watching or playing this. and you have to make sure that you got to make sure the neighbor kids and his friends at school aren't either because right, he talks right. to them, right? Oh, so, yeah, I being think, a parent. Right, Sorry. <laughs> right. You have to – and it's good to experience what your kids are experiencing, especially at a young age. Like see what they're watching on TV. Sit down and and play next to them. You know, just get involved with what they're doing. That's a good parent. But but also know what your kids are into. Know what they're involved in and, and, and 
um, experience that for yourself so you know, okay, this is good, this is too much for them, this is probably something I should wait for till they're older or whatever, and uh, violence in video games is a big part of that, man. you got to, um, I think, uh, less than Jared, I was more like you, Dom, like, um, I probably had to be 10 or 11 before I was playing teen games, and then, yeah, like, uh, you know, by the time I was 12, I was just, like, buying my own M-rated games off of Shout out to HK-Offerhouse, because I was getting super cheap Chinese versions of games that would play on my 360, and they were M games that I couldn't buy in America because I didn't have an ID, so, um, yeah, I, I totally know where you're coming from, but, uh, yeah, I think you gotta, you gotta watch out for your kids and know what they're into, you know? And talk to your talk kids. Talk to your kids, Talk yes. to your kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just pay attention. And make a decision based on that. Don't just completely ignore what they're doing. But I want to throw in, I got carded at a GameStop when I bought Dragon Age Inquisition. That is hilarious. (laughs) Literally, I couldn't believe it. I I was aged like, what, 20 or 21. It's hilarious. Also, the biggest... The biggest problem with the United States too is that like, and I'm 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 for violence if your kid can handle it. Like I'm not super opposed to it. Like I really think it's I really think it's up to a kid to kid basis, like discussing with your kid and stuff like that. I don't think violence is as much of a scary thing. I think there's plenty of other factors in society that can affect your kid negatively outside of yep. video game violence. We live in the real world. I don't think yeah. it's the only thing. Yeah. Um, so I even forgot where I was going with that. Before, so so uh, building off of no, you're right. Because your story, Dom. Um, I was in a GameStop. I was in front of one of my friends who was like two or three years older than me, right? And you talk about this beard and this hair. A lot of people think I'm way older than I look or look way older than I am, I should say, because I'm 22 and people think I'm in my like late 20s most of the time. And uh, yeah, so I was like 16 or 17 and uh, the dude didn't card me and then he carded my older friend behind me. I was like, Jesus, this is awesome. Yeah, exactly. To that point, when I first met you, I thought you were like 26. I thought you were older than me. <laughs> People so. think I'm pushing 30, man. It's crazy. I don't think you're that old. I wouldn't say you look that old. Well, but... 26, 27, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, though, Dom? Uh, to that point, you, you had something yeah, before Jordan was going? Shoot. I was talking about how there's outside factors remember. besides video game violence that can affect you. Oh, yeah. So even though I said earlier that I think it can desensitize you, out of all the things in the world that occur that affect, you know, the mentality of a kid, video games are, even if they're a big gamer, it's probably I, yeah, of what affects but You know what I mean? I remember my I'm with you quick. there. Let me just, I, I forgot it. I want to get it out real quick. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me how little America, uh, af- like, worries about violence, but they're super opposed to, like, you seeing sex stuff. Whereas in Europe, it's the yep. complete opposite. They're whatever. You can see boobs, whatever, but yeah. the violence I, stuff hold back on that, yeah. you know? So it's <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, we live in uh, the glo- global culture, I would say, has a level of violence to it. You know, there's wars going on constantly. There's there's a lot of fucked up shit in this world. And I think you're talking about... In the past couple months. Exactly. So, yeah, you were talking about shielding your kids, Jared. I do think there's something to be said for showing kids, hey, this is what's up. This is real. This is reality. This is what happens. And these are, are terrible things, but they do occur... On the other hand, I think the reason that a lot of parents get so up in arms about video game violence as opposed to violence in any other media, like you said, Jared, it's been around forever, not just in movies or music or TV shows, it's been around for hundreds of years in books, in novels, yep. and uh, the big reason I think that parents get up in arms about but video But Americans games don't specific- read, so... 
the uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. It's sitting right in front of me, friend. Um, anyways, the reason that parents get so up in arms about video games specifically, I think, is because of the interactivity. Yeah. Because of the fact that you're picking up a controller and you're manipulating the environment within the game and you are the one killing, you are the one slaughtering in Gears of War with your fucking chainsaw on the end of your gun, you know. You are the one um, making those actions happen and taking those virtual lives in that digital space. Well, so. The thing, too, that's great for video gaming as it improves is that we're getting a lot more games where you're you're learning that, uh, you know, killing actually has a cause and effect. Like, there's games where you very rarely kill and you understand how much of an yeah. impact that has. There's games now where you don't kill at all. And I think earlier right. in video games, there was a simple mechanic of there's bad guys, step on them. There's bad guys, jump over them. There's bad guys. And I think as video games have progress we still have violent video games there's always room for that just like there's always room yeah. for horror movies like there there's definitely more avenues now though where there's non-violent video games so if you really feel that you're you don't want your kid to be exposed to that you can still have your kid play video games there's plenty of options sure. now so um it it kind of goes both ways though there's more of these artistic indie games that don't even have killing or aren't violent they're really peaceful and chill um but at the same time because of the fact that a lot of us, like us specifically, we're in that age bracket where we grew up with the advent of video games. They're not that old. They really haven't been around that yeah. long. And um, so people like us, especially men age 18 to 35, buy a lot, most of the video games, especially in America. And so video games have become more violent, have become, there's a lot more M-rated games these days because of the demographic that's purchasing the most amount of video games. There's still kids' games, there's still non-violent stuff, but there is more saturation of the violence and M-rated stuff because you have more adults playing and buying games. Yeah, just like the, all the... There's a ton of misogyny, too, that's kind of getting whittled away as we go on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's get into... All the male power fantasies. Yeah. That was our discussion on violence. We'll probably revisit it at a later date. It's a, it's a really interesting conversation to have. Um, let's get into the last topic here. So... Jordan and I have fun every week bashing Nintendo and NX, but we're gonna we're gonna take a positive spin on this um, to to warm Dom's heart. Uh, we're gonna be doing yeah. our our dream NX reveal. So basically, we're each gonna take a turn. We're gonna state what the best timing we feel would be for the NX. In our opinion, the, you can go into launch lineup, you can go into features, you can go literally into whatever you want, um, and then we'll we'll close out the show. So I'll lead off since it's my topic. For me, I hope they tackle Gamescom. Uh, they don't necessarily need to be there, but with the recent announcements of PlayStation not doing a conference and Xbox not doing a conference, I think uh, Gamescom, that time period, people want to hear news, people want to hear new things. I think that would definitely be the time period for them to strike while the iron's hot. I think it's well, August 17th, or yeah, I think that's Gamescom. Maybe 7th. I could be wrong. One of those two dates. Coming up. Um, and I think that'd be definitely good. They could do a Nintendo Treehouse event if they want to control it. Though I do think it would hit way harder if they had their own stage presence, but I don't know if Nintendo would do that. Um, so for me, the timing, Gamescom. I think they should do it within that week, maybe the the day of like the launch of Gamescom. I don't even think Nintendo does Gamescom, do they? No, but I'm saying like they, I guess for the press they're gonna have yeah. They're going to have their own separate event. Yeah, I think they should do NX. like an... So for me, for, for my dream NX reveal, it would be a treehouse the same week as Gamescom. So they're still in that zeitgeist of everyone wanting to hear news. So they come out, they announce the console, they say exactly what it does. Um, they give a price point. I think this thing will... 299 maybe? Uh, 349 uh, $299, optimistically, thinking about it. Um, they'll let you know what the console is. It's this handheld console hybrid. It plugs into this, yada, yada, yada. 
dream launch lineup for March. Obviously, you have Zelda. Um, people want Metroid. I like Metroid. I don't know if that's something you want to launch to sell consoles. Um, but I think it would get a lot of people happy. I, I don't know if as many people as people would expect. Um, for me, I would definitely want a new Mario. Um, and I would definitely want some backwards compatibility. Not backwards compatibility, but like... Uh, not remakes, but like relaunches. Or at least like... Um, so for instance, like Mario Kart. Have the Mario Kart be able to be buyable or playable on the new on the NX. Um, Smash... Well, yeah. the, there was that rumor going around that Smash and I think Mario yeah. Kart and Mario so Maker were going to So all have those ports. ports be available at launch. Splatoon 2, definitely people love that game. Um, and I think it, <laughs> That's a mouthful, Splatoon 2. <laughs> as well. Um, no, I, I don't know if they'll have Splatoon 2. But definitely the Zelda, I think they should definitely have a, a 3D Mario. Not a Super Mario World, this 2D kind of thing. I definitely think like a, like a Galaxy or a... Uh, it's time. Yeah. Um... And then a new IP would be cool. I don't know if that would happen, but a new IP would definitely be cool. And some really strong third party. Imagine if they announced that uh, this is all going with Mass Effect Andromeda being available in March or around there. Imagine Mass Effect Andromeda's on on the NX. That'd be super cool. They need those um, third parties, man. Yeah. So I definitely, for me, Gamescom two ninety nine or or, or uh, three forty nine, and uh, give us a good launch lineup and impress us. That's what my dream. NX reveal would be. What about you guys? So let me jump in. <laughs> this is kind of a depressing topic because I have to t- tell you what exactly what I think is not going to happen, but what I hope happens. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, three two ninety nine is probably the starting price point. Then maybe a model with more storage for fifty bucks more, or whatever it is, that type of thing. And I think the gimmick is going to be this, you know, semi portable handheld thing that. You can take with you and then come back and it connects to something and you can continue to play the same games. Or I don't know how exactly it's going to work, but I think that's what they think is going to be good. And that's their big idea that they're afraid everyone's going to steal. Um, and, I don't know. As far as timing, I guess Gamescom, why not? August, it's coming up. It's got. I mean, I can't imagine it going any later than September. I mean, if it has to be August or September that they announce this thing and show it and and market it like it has to be it just <laughs> I, I don't know what else this i mean how they can wait it. Mm. yeah i mean because they do have some opportunity here um with scorpio slated well, again that's part of the part of the um problem with microsoft announcing that so early i think um is that you know in that time someone might buy an nx and then when scorpio does come out half a year later maybe that i don't know it just factors into it is all but point being, Nintendo does have, have some opportunity here where it's that mid-life cycle kind of area where, you know, a year or two ago, no one would have wanted to buy a new console um, that wasn't a PS4 or Xbox One, right? You wouldn't be upgrading from those. But now it's getting to that, that point in the cycle where you're starting to get your you, – you might buy your slim model. Now it's – nowadays it's, you know, an upgraded model, but it's to that point, right? The console cycle, I feel, has always actually been – three years because we always get a, an iteration and most people upgrade shortly after that's released but yeah the launch lineup i'm with you they'll i mean obviously um breath of the wild will be there and probably ports of smash the problem with porting mario maker and splatoon for example is the, like in backwards compatibility in general is that that how do you do that with the continued gimmicks that Nintendo uses. I mean, th- that you have another gamepad with the MX with the NX. 
with a touchscreen. I mean, how do you? They they really limit themselves when they have these weird gimmicks and they want to do something different moving forward. So I don't know how exactly they're gonna work that. They and it was weird with the Wii U. If you guys remember, like it was fully backwards compatible with the Wii, um, but you had to have like the Wii remote from the old Wii with your Wii U. It was there was a lot of weird intricacies that are a result of these gimmicks that they always put in their hardware. So I'm infinitely curious to see what the heck this thing is. Um, but even my dream, you know, my dream launch, everything I just described, I don't see this thing yeah. doing very well at all. Um, I, I just don't think it can really do much. It should do better than the Wii U, I'd imagine. But it's not going to – definitely not going to be what they, yeah. what they hope it will be. Jordan, hit us with your NX reveal of dreams. Uh, okay, so um... – Okay, so first of all, I want to uh, make a point. Um, I'm going to be appearing on a podcast called a uh, the link or a link to our pasts. A link to our pasts. Yeah, is the exact wording. I want to make sure I got that right. Um, and basically, it's kind of talking about uh, your gaming history and you know where you came from. Um, obviously, we know on this podcast that I am a PlayStation dude, but. Um, as I'm going to be talking about on that podcast uh, in the next couple weeks, I started out with Nintendo. My first console that I ever got was a hand-me-down from my dad. That was the NES. Um, and then I got a an N64, brand new. That was my first new console, my first console that I owned specifically. Um, and then got a GameCube first before PS2 or Xbox because it was the cheapest, and that was how I got my parents to buy it for me. So... Um, up until then, uh, once I got the PS2, I changed over to being mostly PlayStation. Of course, I had a Wii for a long time, had a Wii U for, uh, shortly, had a DS for a long time, had a 3DS for a long time, uh, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color. Um, the Game Boy Color was actually um, the first console that was mine that I got new, uh, but it's obviously a handheld, so not a console. Anyways, uh, all that being said, I am... Super into <laughs> Super Nintendo. I am super into Nintendo, even though I don't talk about it much, and I give them a lot of shit. Um, that's where my gaming started. That's where I got into games and how I learned to love them. Um, and I got that Game Boy Color and that NES when I was four years old. So um, I have deep roots in Nintendo. I know that was a long intro, but. I wanted to say I talk a lot of shit about them, but I love Nintendo, and so my dream Nintendo reveal is really important to me because this would be the way that Nintendo reels me back in, and they have a lot of people that they need to reel back in if they want to um, be viable in the console space in the future. Um, that's a big thing for me. With this NX launch, they're really going to have to prove themselves. I know that they're not in like financial trouble, and you know if it didn't sell well, it probably wouldn't be as bad as the Wii U, but if it didn't sell well, they could get through it, and they could keep being Nintendo and, and move on, whatever. But in the eyes of gamers, if they screw this up, I think it's kind of over for them in a lot of ways. Um, as far a as lot... a console manufacturer, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're just going to have so many people turn their backs. A lot of people already have, but this might be the final straw. So, my dream is that, um, first of all, I don't think they would ever do it at Gamescom, because like I said, first of all, I don't think they have a big presence there, but Nintendo, I'm going to liken them to maybe, they probably haven't evolved into a Ninetales, but they're definitely a Vulpix. They like prancing around, they like being all pretty and being the center of attention, 
They're very gaudy. They're very arrogant. They're very much into um, being the bell of the ball, if you will. And so they're going to have their own event. They're going to blow this out. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I really think they want all eyes on them and they want the attention. They want to be the prom queen. Um, so they're going to have their own event this fall. They need, uh, you know, maybe Metroid doesn't sell well. Maybe Animal Crossing and Pikmin don't sell well, but they need to get Nintendo fans back into buying Nintendo consoles because Nintendo. there's so many Nintendo fans that didn't buy the Wii U. A lot of people say, oh, the hardest of the hardcore bought the Wii U. Well, the there's tons of Nintendo fans that didn't buy the Wii U. So whether it's this uh, handheld home console hybrid or whatever, they have to get people back on their sides, and that all comes down to IP. Like I said, Pikmin, Metroid, um, you know, if they had a Castlevania or something like that, that would be huge. They need those IP that people are going to say, wow, that's what I remember playing on my NES or my SNES. I love those old-school Nintendo games, those old-school properties. I want them to come back, and not just Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. Those are great. They're always going to sell well, but they need more stuff to entice more people. Second of all, I really, really, really want to see true third-party support. And I don't want, you know, Ubisoft just making Raving Rabbids or Call of Duty um, Bullshit Wii U Edition or Madden All Play or what the fuck ever. I want these real, you know, I don't want Mass Effect 3 two years later or Batman Ultimate Edition, uh, the Arkham game. I want, like you said, Mass Effect Andromeda. I want... The true real third party support. True third party support. I want Battlefront on there. I want I want the real Call of Duty next year on there. Um, I'm tired of these like half-ass ports because Nintendo makes a half-ass console, which leads me to my third point. I really, really, really want it to be powerful. It doesn't sound like it's going to be super powerful. A lot of people are saying it's you know running at 900p, which is essentially a PS4 or Xbox One. That's about right, and I think that. It would be great if it was a beefcake, if it was like the Scorpio, a.k.a. Big Boy. But they're probably not going to do that. So, you know, my best hope is really that it's as powerful as the PS4, which I'll take it. It's honestly, you know, once again, they're they're putting out an underpowered console way too late. But I would take it if... What do you think the gimmick is? There's my fourth point, Dom. I don't want any fucking gimmicks. Nintendo, make the NES. Make the SNES. Make a damn video game console. Yeah. You're going to get a gimmick. how awesome the NES and SNES were. Like, you didn't have... I mean, they had the expansions and stuff, but you really saw that with GameCube and N64, especially with these uh, expansion packs and rumble packs and all these different module, modular things that you added to the console. I don't want that. I don't want gimmicks. I don't want... More Wii, more Wii U. I want a fucking game console, man. I want a controller with buttons and sticks that doesn't, you know, is one piece and isn't a nunchuck and a remote. Like, Nintendo, make a video game console and put some dope-ass games on there, and I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I think the gimmick is that instead of owning a PS4 and owning a Vita and having crossplay, crossplay, they're like, we're going to put those two things together. So for $300, you get a mobile console that can also plug into your TV. I think they, they're taking If that was the, the gimmick, I'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be a cool um, gimmick. Uh, also, I think all of us are in uh, agreement here that we wanted to have some kind of achievement trophy system. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, oh yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Are you are you done with your? Oh no, no, you're. I was. I I didn't have too much else to say, but okay. yeah, I do think they need to put their big boy pants on, have achievements, make sure it's 1080p, at least 30 frames a second. Make sure it's got a Blu-ray player. None of these mini discs. If you want to do cartridges, that's fine, but it better be you know SD and not some weird proprietary thing. Um, I don't want. Those are, you know, when you say gimmick, you're more talking about, like, a Wiimote or a touchpad, the gamepad, I mean, um, stuff like that. But the mini gimmicks, the whole, you know, mini discs for GameCube or uh, the Wii not having uh, Blu-ray support and only being, you know, 480p, stuff like that, the little things need to be in place, and it needs to at least be standard among the other consoles. Yeah. I mean, the Wii U can't even play... Shit like that, dude, yeah. It you gotta, Isn't like... bizarre? Um... It has Wi-Fi, but you have to have an adapter just to plug in an Ethernet cord. Like, stuff like that is like, what the fuck? See, the big issue they're going to have, too, as we're going to close that because we're running kind of long. The big issue, too, is that in everybody's mind, Nintendo is the secondary console. Everyone is going to buy uh, buys a PS4 and Xbox One, and they're like, well, do I want the secondary console? No one ever goes out and says, the Nintendo console is going to be the first console I purchase. Nowadays, it's always the secondary console, you know? So I, I That's okay. They can make no, a lot no, of money yeah, on that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm just saying that I, I don't really... I think that's really, their goal. I don't really think that the NX is going to take away from Neo sales or Scorpio sales because that I don't think that's where it's trying to compete because it knows it can't because it is the secondary. Uh, so... And I think that's why they have to go the gimmicky route as far as it being mobile is because they know they can't compete with the other consoles and add the other facet. They have to have something where, why should I buy an NX? Oh, because I can take my NX with me. You can't take your Xbox with you. You can partially take your PS4 with you with a Vita, kind of. But you know what I mean? I think that's what they're relying on is they need to be different enough because they know they can't compete with those two. Um, so. so to me, I mean, there's two things, I guess. Like, what, I really want them to just release uh, something along like as powerful as the Neo, and that's it. And it's just a console, it's a box, but you get Nintendo's IPs on it. That's what I would want. But that's to me, that's kind of like that's the easy answer, and that's not what that's not what makes like humans cool. Like we try new things, and like if if that's what every console generation was, then we would never get new things. Like there never used to be shoulder buttons or analog sticks until someone was crazy enough to try it, and it probably sounded as ridiculous as VR sounds now, or as some of the other stuff like the Wii Waggle and the Wii U touchscreen. Like, yeah, a lot of the times it's it's wrong and it was a bad yeah. idea most of the time. But you have to do – like you can't succeed without multiple fail- failures, right? Like yeah. that's, that's kind of what drives the industry forward in every industry really. I mean you, tr- you have to try new things. Otherwise, it's you're time, never going to get It's time to reel yet. it in though. It's so. time to give me a controller with analog sticks and shit like that. Well, they've had gimmicks that have worked in the past, but they need to – this is the yeah, one where yeah. their gimmick needs to work. It's going to have a gimmick, we all yeah, know that, but it true. needs to be the gimmick that works. I don't think I don't think it won't have a gimmick, but it needs to be the gimmick that works. So let's close out the show real quick, get really quick into where we're going to be playing, and then we'll close out the show. We ran kind of long. We had a lot of awesome topics today. Um, for me, I really don't know what I'm going to be playing. Uh, I, I need to get into Red Dead. I wasn't able to play it this week. I'm almost into Mexico. Um, if you guys are familiar with the game, you know kind of where I'm at then. Um for how fun it is to run by people and rope them and drag mm. them behind your horse. It is a great time. Um, yeah, that game is just playing that game gets me excited for the next Red Dead game. Um, Smite, Overwatch. Um, there was something else I was going to start playing, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, so Red Dead pretty much. What about you guys? Oh, and nice. I'm going to finish Stranger Things. So. Yeah, so um, I mentioned on the podcast before that I'm going to be 
reviewing Bastion and uh, Gravity Rush for Vita. Those will go up this weekend. Um, and then also I wanted to mention the fact that uh, I talked last week that I didn't be Persona, so I would be shaving my beard and my head, which I am actually going to do, uh, man of my word. But uh, since we are in a new chapter of the Controlled Interest Saga, and we are doing a video podcast now, I wanted to go ahead and have this hair and beard for the audience to see if they wanted to go back or whatever. Um, so you'd have the before and after. So next week, yes, I will be a uh, baby sheep without any wool. Um, anyways, on to what I'm playing, whatever. Uh, probably finish up Harry Potter. Uh, I got Star Wars Dark Disciple in, which is a book I've been anticipating a lot. I was waiting till paperback came out. And that is a story that is from uh, unproduced episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Once that got canceled, so the team could move on to Star Wars Rebels. Um, they had this story for Asajj Ventress, um, who is one of my favorite Jedi, um, right up next to Ahsoka Tano, who's also getting her own novel this year. Um, and Quinlan Voss is also in there. He's another Grey Jedi. Grey Jedi are basically people that have fallen from the Order and are not Sith. They're kind of dark and light at the same time. Um, and uh, very excited to read that book. Finishing up uh, Goblet of Fire, as I said earlier. Um, Stranger Things, I am going to finish up the second half. Probably watching some here in a bit. Uh, I'm loving that show so much, man. And can't wait for the finale. Um, and then as far as what I'm playing, it's definitely time for me to hop back in The Witcher. It's been more than a week or so since I've played that. Um, and yeah, I just kind of need to play more games this week because I really haven't played much at all. Um, and then watching, um, I want to give a shout out. We were talking about scratching that Game of Thrones itch because uh, Game of Thrones is over. Obviously, I played the Telltale game, but now I am watching the show Outlander on Stars, um, and that is based off of the recommendation of George Railroad Martin himself, who said that uh, Outlander totally got snubbed by not getting Emmy nominations. So um, decided to check that out. It's about this girl that gets uh, taken from World War II Britain, uh, back to uh, the 1700s and has to live among these Scottish dudes. I have a lot of uh, Scottish ancestry, and so um, I've always wanted to go there. It's really uh, just Great Britain in general um, is really cool and a lot of beautiful vistas. So enjoying that show quite a bit. That is my next week. Awesome. Dom, what are you playing? So, I, I need to finish Skyward Sword. Manda just entered the very last dungeon, so not too much left in that one. It's been interesting. I'm glad. I'm certainly glad I played it, but once that, uh, once I wrap that up, then I'll just get back into Syndicate. So Are you, really are you looking forward to it, Skyward Sword is kind are of Are you actually chore. into Syndicate, or are you, are you just not feeling it? Oh, no. I'm, I'm liking it a lot, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe once you start getting the feel of that hook, the, the grapple or whatever... That makes you, uh, you know, you can just zip around the town. Yeah, um, I've started using it. It's it's nice. It's fun. I think that map is one of the more interesting maps in Assassin's Creed games, too. Um, it seems more yeah. alive to me. Um, London is gorgeous in that game. Yeah. So, as always, here's the closing spiel. If you guys are listening to us, please try to share us with as many people as you can. Even if you have ten people following you on Twitter, one person sees that and follows us. We're trying to yes. grow as much as we can. You know, don't don't worry if you don't have a lot of followers or you don't have a lot of friends on Facebook or anything like that. Just sharing this period helps. Um, you know, follow us. Jared, on, sorry, go ahead. 
I, I just wanted to say based off of that specifically, since we're moving into video now, um, we've just moved past 20 YouTube subscribers. That I noticed that this week. And so um, I really wanted to push um, the fact, now that we have 20, I want all of our YouTube subscribers and even our SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play subscribers to make sure they share a bunch and try to get us out there. I want to, now that we've hit 20, I'd love to push to 50, just kind of like we did with our Twitter followers not too long ago. So um, get us out there, man. Hit us, uh, share us with your friends and, and let them know who we are if you like us. Um, and if you are subscribed to us, maybe on audio, but not video or vice versa, then go to those places and subscribe, especially YouTube. So, yeah. um, for one, we can get a hundred YouTube subscribers and then get our own URL, you know, awesome. build it brick by brick, 20 to 50 to a hundred. We'll be at a million before you know it, boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, definitely try to, if you, if you listen to us on iTunes, if you're, this is the way you can take the podcast, give us a like and a rating if you have the time to, it really helps us. Um, also through Twitter, if you just tweet out uh, our episodes or something like that, uh, hashtagging anything like that, would be greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, we're growing slowly but surely. Um, Yay. Lastly, we want to give a shout out to uh, a link to our past, which is the podcast Jordan yeah. talked about earlier, which is a podcast where he interviews people talking about their gaming history. He's going to be going on that show pretty soon, so definitely check out that. We'll definitely tweet that out when it happens. Um, mm-hmm. Going to be closing out. I want to say one last thing. Awesome General Thrawn is uh, canon now. Uh, Grand Admiral. Grand Admiral, sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's cool. I'm not too familiar with the character, but he looked cool, so it seemed like people were excited. I, when I heard that announcement and people were up in a buzz about it, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, but I looked into it, and he's a really cool character. So it's really cool that they made him canon. Um, Dude, so much awesome news just came out of Star Wars Celebration. I was I was all over that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us in our first ever video podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube. Woo-hoo! So any closing words, guys? Beyond, beyond, beyond audio into the realm of full color 3D motion video. We're like, we're like, uh, Dorothy. Yes, we ain't in Kansas no more. You're right. Alrighty, catch you guys in episode 22. Bye.